Gentlemen, Rob Port here on the Rob Report, 701-293-9000, You can email me, talk at WDAY.com, or of course, send me tweets. Natil, I have been busy today. It is crazy. There's too much going on. Oh, I know. With Dapple and everything happening, it's... The legislature's happening. Uh, the House had a lengthy debate about the Food Freedom Bill, uh, which I got up on the blog. I'm actually was, even as that bump music was playing, I was, I'm writing a post about the medical marijuana debate in the state Senate. I could hear you tippity tapping over cues, so it, oh, it you must could. be pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'll have the full video of it. The, the Senate passed the, uh, the measure. Uh, both the uh, the the Republican and Democratic uh, leaders in the Senate urged a green vote. It passed forty to six, uh, which was more than enough for the two thirds majority needed to uh, to change an initiated measure. Um, you know, I, I I think Senator Judy Lee, uh, she said, "We know this bill isn't perfect. Uh, the initiated measure was even less perfect. We are respons- responding to the voters in a responsible way." And I I think that really illustrates the tough position legislators were in because the critics of what they're trying to do, and I, I think at this point everybody acknowledges there had to be some changes to the measure. I mean, the measure didn't decriminalize medical marijuana. It was really poorly written. And so I, I think everybody knows there had to be changes made. But the problem with putting, you know, well, the measure was the will of the people into that debate is if we let the will of the people stand, what they literally voted for, medical marijuana wouldn't be legal. I mean, there has to be some changes. And and how do you parse out what sort of changes the voters were, would want, right? I mean, it, even if, if you sat down the 200,000-plus people who voted for Measure 5 and you said, you know, we're going to change this part, we're going to change this part, there would probably be a wide a wide gap of, of disagreement on, on a lot of the different things that Senate Bill 2344 did. So I, I think the legislature... Because Measure 5 was so poorly written, the legislature was put in a tough spot. They had to make changes. These are the changes they're going to come up with. Uh, the Senate passed those changes. I'm sure the House is going to make even more changes. Uh, you know, the final bill might not be everything that medical marijuana proponents want. But you know what? If they don't like it, they can do another initiated measure, or they can work on the legislature to make even more changes going forward. But they're cracking the door open here. And I think the proponents of medical marijuana... Uh, should be happy about that going forward. Uh, and maybe next time they should get a, a better group of people to to organize their initiated measure if they want to do this. And we wouldn't want to run into these problems. That's that's my two cents. Oh, boy, we got a lot. Senator John Hoven's going to be on the program coming up here at one We're going to talk about the situation down uh, with the pipeline protests. Um, you know, certainly a lot going on down there. Today is the deadline actually... Uh, at the end of this show is is the the literal deadline, two o'clock p.m. You know, there's a lot of stuff flying around there. Uh, I would check anytime you know anytime things have heated up down there. There's been a lot of disinformation put out on on social media and, and places like that. Be careful with some of that. Um, you know, find your trusted sources. You know, there's always a lot of disinformation about such a a heated political topic. But um, yeah, I mean, they're moving out. Uh, I was speaking with uh, law enforcement. As a matter of fact, I spoke with Cass County Sheriff Paul Laney last night. Uh, I spoke with uh, Governor Spokesman Mike Nowatsky. 
they're absolutely sticking hard to this deadline. Uh, now, that being said, the approach of the state is going to be to avoid confrontation as much as they possibly can. Um, they're going to stick by that deadline. They're going to move people off. But they're going to give them every possible out, right? I mean, even even to the point where Sheriff Laney was telling me that if the if the protesters, you know, if they just want to get themselves arrested, you know, so that they can make it, you know, make their their protests known that, you know, you know, I was arrested or whatever, symbolically or whatever, if they want to do that, law enforcement will oblige them. You know, they're not going to, you know, they're, they're not going to go in their billy cubs club swinging. I mean, that being said, if the protesters resort to violence, you know, law enforcement's going to respond to protect themselves and, and to quell the violence. But. You know, it's a uh, it's it's not a good situation down there. Uh, law enforcement underwent hazmat training. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize it's probably a result of thousands and thousands of people camping out in the middle of a field without necessarily very good access to facilities to uh, to handle the the treatment. So you have untreated human waste down there. You know, and that's something if law enforcement goes in there, that's something they have to treat with. I mean, it's I am told it's pretty filthy in there. It's pretty gross. So, you know, not not probably everywhere, but there's probably areas. I mean, that's just a reality. You've got, a, you know, thousands of people over the course of months camping out in the middle of a field. That's just reality. So what I'm hoping for is that everybody comes out of this unhurt. Um, there was also news that broke that uh, the state of North Dakota is paying to uh, to send people home, right, if, if they want to leave. Uh, you know, North. You know, the state will put them on a bus up to Bismarck. There's a center up there. They can get a voucher for a hotel night stay. Uh, they can get a a bus ticket home. Uh, they've got a kit, I guess, with uh, with some clothing and some food and or maybe not clothing. I don't know. Some supplies, stuff like that. Um, and there's a lot of people being critical of that. You know, why are the taxpayers having to pay for this? And and my response, and until I don't know what you think about this, my response is that if if you can get them to willfully, you know go along with leaving and we don't have to arrest them and we don't have to put them in jail and we don't have to risk any injury to a law enforcement officer. If, if they, if they try to resist, uh, if we don't have to pay to adjudicate whatever charges might be filed against them in court, if we can get away with, with moving some of these, these, you know, hardcores, these, these people, these diehards, if we can, if we could, Get them out of there for the price of a hotel room stay and some food and a bus ticket. Then I think we're dollars ahead. I don't know. I, I think that's a compassionate way to approach it. It's been such an ugly situation to me. If we can get if we can get it done for that, sign me up. Yeah, it really seems like an, an olive branch uh, type situation. They're they're you know attempting to make this as easy as possible because the people that are still out there. At least some of them, maybe the majority of them, maybe all of them, but at least some of them genuinely feel like they're out there doing something important and they yeah. are making an important stand. And so for the state of North Dakota, for North Dakota law enforcement to say, we understand that and we want you to be able to continue to make that stand somewhere where you're going to be safe, I think is a good thing. I think so, too. And I, I think I think we want to get I think we want to get to a point where we got to get them out of there. I mean, they, they can't be there anymore. 
it's it's a it's an environmental risk. That area is going to flood. It's not safe. Also, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers wants them out. The state of North Dakota wants them out. The Standing Rock Sioux Tribe wants them out. I I, I think that's something to keep in mind, and it's it's something I hope is 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 because I'm I'm seeing a lot of people. You know, oh, you know, the state of North Dakota is going to, you know, kicking the Native Americans off their land again. You know, I've been getting a lot of tweets and stuff like that. Listen, Standing Rock passed a resolution in January for them to leave. Standing Rock doesn't want them anymore. Standing Rock is going to continue their fight against the pipeline, and I don't agree with their fight. I, I think it's I think it's wrong. I don't agree with the case uh, they're making against the pipeline. But Standing Rock wants the protesters to leave, so they should leave. They're not standing with Standing Rock anymore. Standing Rock doesn't want them there in those camps anymore. Chairman Archibald started his call back in December. The Tribal Council, I think in the middle of January, passed a resolution asking them to leave. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Let's see, what did the caller want to know, Natil? He had said that he had heard they were disallowing or not allowing uh, empty U-Hauls to get on site so that people could pack up to move out and wanted to know if you had heard anything about that. You know, I have not. I, I have heard some claims that that law enforcement wasn't letting them clear out. I, I don't know. That, that might be a question directed to my understanding as of last night is that it was so it was so soupy in there that they weren't letting some vehicles in because they were afraid that they were going to get stuck and just add to the amount of stuff that's got to get cleaned up in there. Um, you know, we've had rain, we've had melting snow, uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if they weren't letting say a big truck like a u-haul in there because this isn't like a campground this isn't like a koa where they've got you know like paved roads or graveled roads through there this is just a field and the rub the paths that are there are just paths ruts that are worn in the dirt and now they're filled up with water now they're filled up with melted snow and rain and it's muddy and so you know if, if law for law enforcement's not letting you and I don't know if they are or not I have I haven't heard anything about that specifically if they're not it wouldn't surprise me just from the perspective of they don't want to add to the number of vehicles that are going to have to eventually get hauled out of there because at this point a u truck a u-haul truck is probably going to get stuck uh let's see more straight ahead 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 email talk at wdy.com we'll be right back after this Rob Report, WDAY. That was uh, Eric's bump request from Twitter. We'll take requests for your uh, bump music. Got a lot of little classic Queen. Yeah. I like Queen a lot. I do, too. Bohemian Rhapsody is almost kind of like my uh, my wife and I's song. As weird as that sounds. Like we, first met at, we first met at a party, and we stayed up late, and everybody else had kind of left or gone to bed, and we were singing to that to that song. So, all right, 701-293-9000-888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. Um, boy, my, uh, my kid, um, my, uh, my baby Cooper, Natil, 
my baby boy, yes. he, uh, he had pneumonia earlier this year. Oh, it no. Yeah, it wasn't feeling good. He got over it, but he's still been a little raspy, right? He's had a little bit of a cough, a little bit of a rattle in his lungs that uh, he hasn't been able to get rid of. So my wife took him to the doctor yesterday, and the doctor put him on a nebulizer, and uh, like like an inhalant thing or whatever, which is which is all great and it's working good and everything. Uh, but the problem is is this this nebula it's like it's like baby crack, right? I mean, he takes this thing, and the doctor warned us, you know, it'd make his heart you know beat a little faster or whatever, and make oh, him feel a little. Oh, that's that's what you mean, okay? Yeah, it's like baby, and so he's like running around the house. We gave it to him <laughs> very stupidly. We gave him his second dose of the day right before bedtime last night. Oh, yeah, that that wasn't smart. Yeah, he was up till like 10.30, running around the house, screaming, hooting and hollering. He was literally doing laps and just yelling, wee, wee, just, just around and around just and around. Just having like a blast, best time ever. Yeah, not the best time ever for mom and dad. <laughs> I think we're going to try to space that out a little bit from... Uh, from bedtime. from bedtime, yeah, that's probably yeah. a good idea. But you know, if he you know gets all wound up and runs around a lot, you know, an hour before bedtime, then maybe bedtime he'll hit the mattress way harder. Yeah, maybe. You would think. I'm not sure that always works. All right, uh, let's see. Oh, hey, a little bit of breaking news on on the blog this morning. Uh, do you remember a, f- a few weeks ago? It was a couple weeks ago. The Fargo Forum really, really kind of read Commissioner Fargo City Commissioner Tony Garrig the Riot Act over a letter that he had sent to legislators on economic incentive programs. He had uh, co-signing on that letter was uh, was uh, Bismarck City Commissioner Steve Marquardt. Yes, and the the big deal was that he had used uh, City of City Fargo, Fargo letterhead. letterhead. Yes, although the, although the first the first sentence in the letter made it clear, you know, this is myself and Commissioner Marquardt speaking on our own behalf, but we have these feelings on economic incentive policy, and and obviously Tony Commissioner Gehrig is a critic of that policy. Well, earlier this month, I uh, I, I got a hold of a letter. That was sent to lawmakers, sent to legislative leadership, uh, signed by Commissioner Dave Pepcorn and Mayor Tim Mahoney, which, you know, uh, argued in favor of economic incentive programs. And they represented their views as representing the city of Fargo. And and so I called Commissioner Pepcorn about that because I felt like that. I don't know. I mean, I, I felt like, you know, Commissioner Pepcorn was was critical. I'm, I'm just wondering what the difference between the two letters was. Um, you know, and, and especially how Commissioner Pepcorn and Mayor Mahoney can represent themselves as representing the whole city when obviously at least one member of their city commission doesn't agree. And Commissioner Pepcorn said, you know, that they were representing the majority position on, on the commission, on, on, the, on the, the legislation or on, on the issue, which is which is fair. That's accurate. Um, and then. He he said that he he called Commissioner Gehrig a huge disappointment, which kind of I mean kind of throwing some shade at, at Commissioner Gehrig. And I I don't know I mean I, I guess I'm not understanding I, I don't understand why why Commissioner Gehrig got taken to the tool shed over his letter. I didn't really have a problem with his letter. I'm inclined to agree with the policy, although I don't really have a problem with the layer letter that. Mayor Mahoney and Commissioner Pepcorn sent either. And by the way, you can read the whole thing at sayanythingblog.com if you'd like. Um, I, I don't understand it. I mean, it's it's like we're telling 
Commissioner Garrig that he's not allowed to communicate his views or he's not allowed to, if, if he does so, he can't use city of Fargo letterhead, even though he's entitled to use it because he's an elected official of the city of Fargo. You know, I mean, I, I would get if, if Commissioner Garrick hadn't put that disclaimer in his letter, say, you know, and, and, and somehow gave the impression that he was representing the whole city with his point of view. But he didn't. He put the disclaimer in. And like it or not, he is an elected official for the city of Fargo. You know, and he's allowed to have a point of view on statewide policy that intersects the interests of his community. So I, I thought it was really unfortunate that, that Commissioner Pepcorn, you know, first of all, called Commissioner Gehrig a, a disappointment. Um, you know, and I, I actually reached out to Gehrig for a response. And Commissioner Gehrig said, uh, Dave and I agree more than we disagree. Uh, I'll assume he didn't mean what he said. Um so I guess that leaves it at that. But, I mean, listen, I, it, I to me, I would rather have a debate over, I would rather have a debate over the, the commission, the policy itself, rather than the means by which these commissioners voice their arguments. Commissioner Garrick wasn't hiding anything. He wasn't misrepresenting himself. He's an elected official for the city of Fargo, and he has a point of view on this policy. Now, if 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 the people of Fargo disagree with him, then I guess they'll make that clear in the next election. But he should be allowed to express that point of view as a city commissioner, which he was duly elected to. He won that office. He holds that office today. He is allowed to represent his views to the legislature as a Fargo city leader. There's nothing wrong with that. And attacking him for doing that is wrong, which the Fargo Forum editorial board did, unfortunately, which some of his fellow commissioners, including Mr. Pepcorn, did. That, I think, is just unfortunate. Really unfortunate, and, and frankly undermines their own position because it makes them look petty. More coming straight ahead. We're going to have Senator John Hoven on the program. Uh, this is another bump request by a reader, uh, listener. Excuse me. If you want to make your own bump request, you can tweet me at Rob Port. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Is this this would be lady gaga's just dance a request from one of my favorite listeners john all right i'm dancing in the studio and you can't even I, see it because you're in my not i uh i have completely opened up a can of worms <laughs> with this listener request things i thought she did a good job at the uh at the super bowl but she did a fabulous job at the super but bowl. i don't yeah she did she very entertaining performance but you know, I'm not gonna like put her on my Spotify playlist. It oh well, weird. that's your loss, isn't it? Next to Hank Williams and <laughs> the other cool stuff that I listen to. All right, seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. My wife just messaged me; she's enthused that uh, Lady Gaga's on. Email talk at wday.com. Got a quick email here. Okay, Port, I agree with some of your statements, but why can't the tribe help? Talking about the camp cleanup, where is their GoFundMe money? Why does the state of North Dakota feel that they owe these people anything? With the deep budget cuts and the promise of no hard-working state employee raises, uh, I can completely agree with this. Agree with this not sitting well with the residents of the state. Listen, 
it's 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 a cost savings mechanism, right? I guarantee you, if they get if they get even a couple of dozen people to take up on this, the cost of the bus tickets at the hotel rooms is going to be minuscule compared to the costs of arresting them, jailing them, uh, and working them through the court system. We're going to save money this way. We really are. Joining me now, North Dakota Senator John Hoven. Senator Hoven, thank you for your time today. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Are you monitoring the uh, the situation down at the, the uh, at the protest site today? Yeah, I'm actually up uh, in the governor's office right now. He and I just had a call uh, with the uh, deputy secretary of interior because we're making sure that we've got about 80 BIA and uh, other federal law enforcement officials uh, as part of the effort. They're actually manning the southern checkpoint, uh, which is on the reservation. And so we were just talking to uh, uh, the Department of Interior officials about, uh, you know, the effort. It's a combined effort of uh, not only the state of North Dakota, but also local law enforcement, as well as the tribe. Remember, the tribal council now has asked for the protesters to leave as well. So it's really a combined effort to get people to leave for life safety reasons, because this area is going to flood, and also so that it can be cleaned up. The core has equipment uh, hired, they're ready to go in and clean this up so the pollution does not go into the river. Uh, we've got Customs and Border Protection assisting with aviation assets. And so, really, everybody, you know, is working together now, and we need to get uh, people to do what they're asked to do, and that is to voluntarily leave. And, of course, that's what, you know, you mentioned earlier, that's what the bus is all about, is to uh, help people get out of there in an orderly way. So, again, that the law is followed. This is done peacefully. Uh, we certainly don't want anyone to get hurt. Uh, and so we're asking for cooperation. I spoke with, and it's certainly I, I know you just made reference to the the 80-some BIA agents who are working on, on the reservation side of this, but the, the camp itself is on U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, which is just north of the reservation. Right. Uh, so right. not reservation land. I spoke with with Cass County Sheriff Paul Laney last night, and and he expressed some frustration that there wasn't more law enforcement, federal law enforcement assistance for that particular area. Um, he, he said basically they've given us nothing. I know that was something you know under the Obama administration there was a lot of frustration like that. I think there was a lot of expectation that that might change under Trump. I know you have said that you were working on that. Congressman Kramer said that he was working on that. I spoke with him last night as well. What's the status? I mean, why, why why don't we have U.S. Marshals or some form of federal law enforcement on on the scene to, to help with that camp? Right. I agree with that frustration. In fact, I met with the vice president last Thursday, talked to him about it. I uh, talked to uh, DHS Secretary uh, General Kelly about this. And what their, their contention is that the law enforcement piece on the core land is something they look to the, the sheriff for, supported by the state with the governor's executive order. And then what they've done is brought in the uh, the federal uh, officials on the on the reservation side. About half of them are BIA, the other half are a uh, combination of Park Service police and uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife. But all are badge, uh, you know, they have weapons and they're, and they're badged, uh, federally trained law enforcement officers. Let's say we've got about 80 of them. They've also, we've also got the Customs and Border Protection Aviation Assets and the court doing the cleanup. I agree. There should be more, and we're not going to stop pushing for more. 
if you enjoyed the program, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. We're about 15 minutes away from the deadline. I mean, what, 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 I mean, I know it's an unpredictable situation and a lot of, you know, the ball's sort of in the court of the, the protesters, but I, I mean, are, are we going to see law enforcement moving in at two o'clock? Is there going to be an effort at that point to negotiate? I mean, how is this going to unfold? Yeah, so essentially the way it's set up is you've got a north checkpoint and a south checkpoint and so that more people don't come in, obviously. We're trying to get people out. We don't want people going in. So then the uh, law enforcement is working with the people that are in the camp and, of course, trying to get them to leave voluntarily. That's the point of the bus and so forth. And so, you know, we're hopeful that there will be cooperation there so we can get people to leave in an orderly way. And remember, this really is about cleaning up the camp, cleaning up the site, making sure that there isn't pollution that goes into the river, and life safety so that people don't end up stranded there as as the uh, area uh, floods. And so that's where, again, with kind of firmness and patience, um, you know, the effort is to to work to get people out and do the cleanup. That's that's how it'll go. You know, we'll see. I, I think everybody is hoping that we could get through this without any injuries or or, or worse. Uh, we had, we had heard that there were some fires set. Have you heard anything yes. about what the conditions are in the camp itself? Because I, I heard law enforcement was undergoing like hazmat training that they're expecting things to be kind of nasty in there. What's what are well, you hearing? They, what's it, what's it yeah, like? Yeah, I mean you've got a you've got a situation where people have been living there for months without sewer or sanitation, and now of course it's muddy. You've got uh, the, the melting going on, and you've got the you know the, the river levels rising, and so obviously there are very serious sanitation uh, concerns. And there's something like 200 cars in there that have been left that have to be moved out. This is going to take heavy equipment to do it, and we have a limited amount of time to do it. And that's why it's so important that people work together on this. And in terms of today on the ground, the reports are essentially that yes, some of the structures have been set on fire, um, but that you know. Hopefully, as you know, law enforcement takes a, a firm but patient approach that people will recognize that they need to leave in an orderly way, uh, that if there are arrests, that those arrests that are done in a, in a way where people voluntarily give themselves up. Um, so, again, it's about, you know, uh, uh, firmness but patience and working to get people out uh, and, and asking for their cooperation as it's done. One one point that I made in a blog post earlier today is that, you know, really these protesters aren't standing with Standing Rock anymore. Uh, Chairman Archambault no, delivered a, a verbal a call for them to point. leave Rob, back in December. that is a very important point. Right. So in January they passed a resolution asking for them to leave. So, uh, But I, a lot of people are questioning because we're hearing about the state's law enforcement. We're hearing about the federal, you know, the BIA. A lot of people are questioning, you know, what, what is the tribe been doing to help out? Uh, I, I know at one point they had hired some contractors, I thought, to maybe go in and help out. But can you describe first, like, what, what, what has been the tribe's component in all this? Well, two things. Remember, the tribal council has formally voted. And as I recall, it was a unanimous vote. I'm not sure about that, but that's my recollection. But the tribal council voted to ask the protesters to leave. And so in addition to, to asking them to leave, the tribe has started doing some of the cleanup. But the point is this cleanup can't get done in time unless the Corps can come in with the equipment and the other resources that they have now contracted and are paying for, but they can't go in there without, you know, the cooperation of the protesters that have remained. And that's why, again, we're asking 
if the objective here is to protect people and their lives and their well-being and to protect the water, then they need to cooperate in this effort. Senator Hova, thanks so much for your time, and I, I know you're going to be watching it unfold and, and the rest of us as well. And, again, I think we're all just hoping for a, a peaceful resolution. You know, I hope they feel like they've made their point, and maybe we can all just move on. Thanks, Rob. Good to be with you. Thank you, Senator Hovind. More to come straight ahead. We're going to wrap up the show. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Rob. Report last segment. 701-293-9000. You are join in 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. By the way, Governor Doug Burgum going to be on the show tomorrow. Uh, and we'll uh, certainly, I'm, I imagine, we'll be talking about the, uh, the the pipeline thing. And I, honestly, I hope we don't have too much to talk about. That would be wonderful. I just want this thing to end peacefully. They made their point. Let's move on. Uh, let's see. We've got a caller. John. What's up, John? Well, you know, Rob, most of the time I agree with you, but, you know, right. you have a Lady Gaga thing. I don't understand that, man. You don't? <laughs> it's just not my stuff. Listen, I'm, I'm not getting down hey, I on mean, Lady I'm Gaga. Yeah, I mean, I'm a conservative. You know that. And, you I enjoyed her. I enjoyed her. Um, I enjoyed her Super Bowl performance. I will admit that uh, Born This Way is catchy. Um, it's just it's just not my it's just not to my taste. And I'm not. I'm not being critical of people who like her. It's just, you know, Ford versus Chevy. I have my tastes. She's not. There's not a lot of overlap between what I like and her music. So I'm not putting her down. I think she's very talented. Yes, she is. You know, Rob, I'll tell you, I'm glad you stuck up for Derek a little bit on this because I'm going to tell you, I, I like Tony, and I would reelect him pants down. And The reason being, I am a Fargo property taxpayer. I am a homeowner. And we, a lot of us are really getting tired of Pepcorn handing out these tips to everybody without the foresight to realize that when you hand out 20- and 25-year tax breaks, that that's income that the city will not see for 20 and 25 years. And as the city grows, somebody has to pay for the infrastructure. Somebody has to pay for the schools. Somebody has to pay for everything. Yeah. And the more you throw it back on our backs, you know, you can sugarcoat it any way you want, say, Oh, but you're, you know, your your increase in property value is a good thing. How is it a good thing if I'm not selling my house this year? I, I have one of the smartest things that ever came out of the state of California, and and I know this is a shocker, was Proposition 13, where they put a lock on that property tax before they tax people out of out of existence. Because you know the thing is, Rob, it, 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 I live in a small, it, just a small house in downtown Fargo, and I've watched my property taxes almost quadruple in 20 years so i i have come to think of these of these incentives as something like the tax breaks that we give to like the nfl or major league baseball or whatever to build stadiums i i I like to think of I, i am not necessarily against economic incentives to spur economic growth if we're talking about either if if, if we're if we're well hold on hold on let me finish if we're talking about a startup right we're talking about some entrepreneur. They're starting something new. It's their first restaurant. It's their first store. 
something like that. Let's help get somebody up off their feet. Let's make our communities a good place to start a business. Where I start having a problem is where it just becomes like a part of the business model, right? I mean, and, and that's where I look at it with the NFL. I mean, the Fe- FedEx well, exactly. isn't really – FedEx yeah. isn't and, any and different than like the Minnesota on. Vikings, right? You have billionaire owners and millionaire players, and the taxpayers, for some reason, have to pay for their stadiums. Why do we well, have to pay for FedEx it, to open you know, a facility? Let, let, let's talk about – if I'm going to give out a tip, let's talk about a, a, a corporation that says, hey – I'm going to bring 500 jobs, not I'm yeah. going to bring a few office jobs in the end run by building some apartment buildings. I think I think I'm bring a real yeah. business because the thing we got to we got to narrow it down. We, we got to narrow down the scope because exactly. we're getting to a point where the city's just hand it's, they're just handing out money to people who don't really need it. Uh, John, I hate I hate to cut you off. We're at the end of the show, John. We're at the end of the show. I hate to cut you off. We'll have to continue it another day. Maybe call in tomorrow. We'll keep it going. Thanks for listening. You can catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Stay tuned. Don't go away.